0: Let's do something a little bit different this week. I know that normally I'm going through every package installed on the Linux uh, Slackware DVD, but this week I want to talk about, bizarrely, WordPress and Drupal, which I know that seems out of the blue, right? Well, I am involved with a blogging effort called sysadminsignal.com. That's what it's called, S- sysadminsignal.com. It's a community blog site that has popped up very recently with a bunch of smart people who are sysadmins in their everyday lives or have been recently or not so recently in my case. And the point of the blog site is to teach people about systems administration and things around that. I mean, there's the, the scope of of saying systems administration is already pretty broad, especially today, maybe more today than ever before, because you could be a sysadmin and maybe you're administering like actual bare metal servers that are serving things uh, to the internet or to just your local business. Or you could be a sysadmin of a data center uh, where you're, you're administering boxes that are also so sort of, you know, being used by other people or or by other people who would call themselves sysadmins. Uh, or you could be maybe managing a cloud installation or a hybrid cloud or even, I think, arguably, you could probably call yourself a systems administration if you were actually managing, like, containers and pods running on someone else's cl- cloud. So I think, I mean, it, there's a l- huge scope to this and that's what the blog hopes to cover. And it just launched... Uh, as of this recording on Monday, so that's like, I don't know, May 22nd or something like that, or 21st of 2023. And a lot of these people I knew from a, a previous blog, so... This is, like, not exactly a new group of people. It's it's a group of people who have been writing together on, on blogs for probably a good two to three years already, and, and they're just kind of striking off on their own. They, meaning we. We're striking off on our own. It's been a great little effort, and it's been an interesting thing from a um sort of an architectural standpoint, I guess, because the the previous iteration of... Our home on the internet was a Drupal-based site, and when we decided to strike off on our own, we had a lot of discussions. We ended up on WordPress, and I want to talk about both the experience on Drupal, I want to talk about the discussions that we had towards possibly a static website, uh, just sort of a front in, a front end to a, a Git repo, and then how we ended up on WordPress in the end. I think that whether or not you're a blogger yourself, I think it's kind of, there's something interesting here, just from a conceptual standpoint. Because there are some interesting differences, I think, between Drupal and WordPress, as I have experienced them anyway. And I think that when you look at a platform a lot of times you're looking broadly at computing. The difference between Drupal and WordPress is not so very different, I think, arguably, than the difference between, say, Linux and Mac, or Linux and Windows, or Mac and Windows, or whatever. You can you can take the the concept of, well, here's the platform we're providing to people. And it could also be an application, right? It could be Caden Live to whatever exciting new video editing software is out there today adobe premiere or or whatever i don't even know what's out there in the non-open source world anymore um or the difference between i don't know ardor and pro tools or cake is cakewalk still around probably not i whatever all those those applications are you know you could look at the the applications and say well what are we looking at here what do we have a difference or even it doesn't have to be i don't mean to contrast it necessarily between open and closed it could also be difference between ardor and qtractor difference between libreoffice and emacs could be a difference between you know Things that are sort of like alike in some ways, but just a different experience. And I think that's an interesting thing to look at because, one way or another, as a computerist, you're you're invested in user experience. Whether you care about it or not depends on who you are. Like whether it... By by caring, I mean like whether that is a passion of yours. Like you like to think about it or not. That's, a, that, that's That depends on you. But either way, it is a thing that you have to worry about. Like when you hand someone a laptop, there's a user experience that you're handing over. And what are you handing over? And what do you want to hand over? These are questions that we have to ask ourselves as techie people. Now, before I start, I will say two things. One is that I'm drinking Bomber Coffee from a... Flight, what's the name of this company that I always buy from? Flight Coffee, I think is what it's called. So Bomber Coffee, I think is the, the original one that I tried, I think, from this company. And so it says, this is the card, they have trading cards that they send with each of their, their coffee, which I absolutely love. Like this, this has sold me on this coffee company, aside from the fact that their coffee is really good. Yeah, Flight Coffee. Uh, tastes like orange, caramel, and what's that say? Coke Cocoa nib. I don't know what coke, uh, cacao nib is. I don't really like caramel, and I I taste absolutely no hints of orange. But I mean, these things about the the, the, the bouquet of the coffee or whatever—they never they never really land with me. I mean, it's like yes, I get what you're trying to say. I guess. Let me hold on. Let me take another sip of this thing to see if I can get some kind of su- a suggestion of like a citrus sort of note. I guess. Um, Yeah, I guess I see what they're saying. It's got got a sort of a a, a latent brightness back there to it. Origins is Burundi, Colombia, Timor-Leste, and Brazil. Bomber, the original, the one and only. If you visited one of our custom customers across New Zealand, you'll most likely have tasted our firstborn. It all started back in 2009 when we sat around a campfire and talked about what we'd love to see in our dream blend. And that's what they've put together. So yeah, that, this is Bomber. And this is a good... I didn't actually realize this was kind of their like their first one. But it makes sense because, yeah, this is the i fir- I'm pretty sure this is the first one I ever had. And it is good. I don't know if I like it better than Milk Blend which um, was another one that I had, but it is a good one. It's a very solid coffee. So if you ever are in New Zealand and you see a flight coffee store, go in, pick up some Bomber coffee. So that was an important thing to get out of the way, just so you know contextually how this episode is being recorded. Uh, the second thing I was going to say, which is actually a lot more apropos to the actual episode, is that, uh, I don't, I'm, I'm not trying to compare Drupal and WordPress in, in a sort of competition way. I'm, I'm not setting them up so that there is going to be a winner or a loser. There, I'm, I'm obviously going to be somewhat biased, I guess, because for me, there is a winner here. Like, there, there's a definite, if you ask me what I'm going to choose next, I mean, I already know what I'm going to choose, um although to be fair i knew that in advance my my feelings have not changed at all about drupal and wordpress i still have my preference as a as both an admin and a user of the platform but i i i, I respect both i really do i think both are really cool projects i think they're doing amazing work big fan not trying to them against each other not trying to prove that one is better than the other i do believe that they both have their use cases so sure let's talk about drupal and wordpress in a friendly but biased way um so originally the website that me and a bunch of my friends were blogging on was running on drupal this is you know as far back as like what 20 2019 i think the the website started so for a good however many years that is four years this thing had been operating off of Drupal. Now we were not managing the site ourselves. We were just writing for the site. The site itself was being managed and developed by a a, a company, a, a different company than than anything that we were a part of. And well, it was being managed by a company that we had a relationship with, but, but they were then outsourcing development to yet another company. So already you're seeing that there are lots of layers here that mm, possibly could influence my experience with Drupal that said i've got experience with drupal outside of a managed instance as well so on the one hand i am influenced by the fact that i didn't have direct control over the environment but on the other hand i've had that direct control over the environment before and so i think i can kind of filter through the both the conveniences and the inconveniences that that lack of control most recently uh, sort of inspired so or provided so um drupal it has a lot it, it's a it's got a plug-in structure, right? I mean, you install Drupal, and you get the default-looking install of Drupal. And to be honest, it is not the prettiest thing you've ever seen. It It is a very basic, rudimentary kind of... Basically, I guess, a blogging website, I guess, is what it sort of advertises itself as. Drupal, just like you might expect with something that's trying to give you a place on the internet where you can build a website. It has themes and it has plugins for different capabilities, for different functionality. Um, There's a lot of customization that you can do to Drupal to make it right for whatever it is that you want to do. And I think that's a key phrase, that you can make Drupal right for for whatever it is you want to do. And I think when you look at Drupal and you think, what do you want to do with Drupal? That is like a football stadium. You can do a lot with Drupal. By contrast, when you look at WordPress and you think, what is it you want to do, you're looking at, um, oh gosh, what's the opposite of a football field? A, um... A coffee shop, a nice little coffee shop. You go in, you know exactly what you're getting. Well, you don't know exactly what you're getting, right? You you know you're gonna probably get some coffee if you don't like coffee. Maybe you'll grab a tea instead if you don't like a tea. Maybe they'll they'll have like a maybe they'll have a juice bar there as well. Maybe depends on kind of what kind of coffee shop it is. Um, or or at least they'll maybe they'll just have some juice on on tap that you could get or water. Um, if you're hungry, maybe you'll get a, a bagel. Maybe, maybe not, maybe they don't have bagels, well, maybe they have cabinet food, you can get a sandwich or something, maybe not. Maybe they have just sweet treats like cakes and slices and things like that. Maybe you'll get those, so, yeah, you've still got a lot of variety, like I've covered a lot of ground you you just had either either a drink or a drink and lunch or a drink and lunch and dessert or just a drink and dessert or whatever lots lots of options there but it's within a narrow focus whereas Drupal you look at it and it's just it's a whole world of of potential there's a lot of things you can do in a whole big football stadium you could have a concert you could have a football match you could you could um have a a festival uh, like a fair you could set things up out on the field like tents and things like that have people wandering around you could could you know, all kinds of things right and i don't know why i chose a football field it just seemed like a big place to me and, and but smaller than the whole world so so you know there's a lot you could do in that big space there's nobody really governing what what you're going to make that space look like in the end and you've got a lot of facility there to to be able to 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 transform it into something something different. Maybe I shouldn't have said a football field. I'm, 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 I'm starting to retract the, 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 I don't know why I would ever, ever go to a sports analogy. That's so far out of my, my area of knowledge. Let's, let's retract the football field analogy and just go like a big warehouse or something, you know, because that, that you can do anything with too. You, you've got like the skeleton, you got the, the, the bones of, of the warehouse itself, the, 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 what do they call them? Conference centers, I guess. You know, you've got like this, this big, empty space, and you can turn it into whatever you want. Like I say, a concert, a tech conference, a game conference, um, a haunted house experience, um, a a big festival, a renaissance festival, a gaming festival, a, you know, whatever, um, a a museum, a virtual reality hybrid experience. You could do whatever you want to, because it's just a big empty space, but again, there's, there's, there's the structure around it, there's the facilities, you've got, you know, your place for catering, and you've got your places, you've got water fountains, and restrooms, and all the things that you would need to gather a bunch of people, and keep them happy for a day, or a weekend, but very little else. You've got, you've got all potential, without really any guidance, whereas WordPress, like I say, You've got a lot of potential, but there's already furniture in the house. There's already things there that you're expected to kind of utilize as you build your custom experience probably enough analogy uh, analogizing uh up front but um yeah let's talk a couple of specifics and i think the there there are two specifics i should probably be taking notes to keep myself on track there are two specifics that i want to talk about one is probably in a way the really really obvious which is the text editor why is that obvious because no matter what kind of experience you're building with your little website, someone's using a text editor, whether it's the developers of the site to, to create pages of content and, and so on, or maybe it's your users. Maybe you actually want people to come in and submit co- uh, content and that sort of thing. So there's the, the matter of text editing. That's important. And then there's the um, the plugins themselves, because again, the plugins, that that's the stuff... The, that, that's the stuff that provides the functionality and and th- that those are important and we'll we'll talk about those as well. So I guess maybe let's talk about the plugins first, although the thing top of mind is actually the text editors, but I feel like the plugins probably Structurally, makes more sense to to address first. I mean, plugins literally provide the functions of the website that you're you're building. So in Drupal, a lot of the plugins are interestingly very developer focused, and I I, I know I'm probably being I'm probably misrepresenting things here. I'm painting with very broad strokes and someone out there who absolutely loves and uses Drupal and really gets it is probably yelling at me right now through their speaker and I can't hear that for 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 the record um and And I do apologize if if you're the person and i am I am blatantly just just simplifying and misrepresenting Drupal based on a very narrow limited view that I happen to have of it, I do apologize. I am, again, not trying to pit Drupal versus WordPress here. I am trying to give, I guess, in broad strokes, sort of a potential view of of a difference between Drupal and WordPress and I've noticed that in Drupal a lot of the plugins like as you navigate through all of the first of all they're called modules technically so as you look through the modules of uh, Drupal then you find that that a lot of them are are developer focused they're they're theyre they're functions that I think the expectation probably is for a developer to then use in order to provide a new um f- functionality within the website for their users so you get things like uh let's see um well CK editor certainly is is the the primary text editor so that's an important one views php this module allows the admin account user to add fields filters and sort sorts ...to views which use PHP code. Um, so that's very, obviously, developer-focused. Geolocation field. A geolocation field defines a new field t- type... ...to store geographical locations as pairs of latitude and longitude. Um, yeah. A strong arm gives site builders a way to override the default variable values... ...that Drupal core and contributed modules sh- ship with. It is not an end-user tool. Uh, it says that. Uh, voting API... Voting API helps developers who want to use a standardized API and schema for storing, retrieving, and tabulating votes for Drupal content, and so on. Compare that to some of the WordPress uh, results when you go to wordpress.org uh, slash plugins. Things like, um, well, Gutenberg, that's one one of the text editors, I think. Um, that might be the primary text editor. Uh, two-factor, uh, enable two-factor authentication. That's, that's kind of developer-focused, but but the intent is that you install that plugin and then your WordPress site has two factor authentication like that's it, that that's it it's not adding a library so that developers can develop an API for two factor it is it is the two factor authentication plugin you add that and then it has your your site has 2FA um there's a Todd press add that plugin and you can now um, host you, you can now enter enter your your data uh, your your content and and end up with a podcast. Uh, so your RSS feed is is designed to to reference you know the media associated with that post. Essentially, author avatars list block displays list of user avatars using widgets or shortcodes. Um, that 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 seems again maybe like it would be developer, but it's not actually. You 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 install that, and then you have a grid display of all of the different authors contributing to your site. That sort of thing. Um, there's a another one that I, I don't even remember the name of it off the top of my head. Uh, sort of a social media style uh, front end user page, uh, social media thing. So so each user who has contributed to your site, who has an account on your site, has a, a user page with information about them, like the, you know what school they're going to, and what kind of stuff they do for their job, what programming languages they're into, or what TV shows they're into, whatever. And then they can follow each other, and you know it, it kind of adds like this sort of layer of sort of social media slash MySpace aspect of it, you know? And yes, I was actually referring to MySpace. Um so so and, and again that's a plugin. You don't it's not a plugin that adds the 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 fields and variables to enable a developer to create a social media experience. It is the social media experience. It is it is done. That you install that plugin and then you have user pages for all of your users and you're finished now you can go in you can adjust things you can change settings uh but but it's already done for you i'm not trying to imply that no drupal module is ready to launch outside of the uh, right out of the box or out of the gate um you know you, there are drupal plugins that you install and then you email your users and say okay the new module has been installed you can find it here in the in the in the Drupal uh, interface and uh, have fun using it, you know, you're done. But a lot of them is what I'm saying. A lot of Drupal modules seem to be, in my experience, things to help the developers develop the website. Whereas WordPress seems to be things to help the users build a web experience. Let's say it like that. And there's a difference there. That's a, it's an important difference. Now, in my very specific experience, Drupal has been very reliant upon active development, like ongoing maintenance. Now, this is somewhat unique to the situation that I was most recently using Drupal within. I was I was very much on a, let, let's just call it like a multi-user Drupal setup, you know? Like it was, it, it, it was a, it's a big install of Drupal with lots of people using it, lots of different user roles. It was very much like, I don't know, I, I imagine, that I actually don't know, I, I was gonna say like maybe, maybe like SharePoint or something, but I don't actually know that what SharePoint is, so I'm probably, that's probably not an appropriate comparison, but it, it, it it's 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 almost well, it's groupware, you know, like it, it's a it's a it's a big thing with a big community of users to a centralized sort of core team of developers, and if you wanted something like webp support for instance. I want to upload webp instead of a jpeg or or png. Smaller file sizes, quicker loading times, it just it just makes sense. Well, on the Drupal instance that I happened to be using, that request uh well, I mean technically speaking was a four-year request because I didn't have that functionality for 4 years on the website. In fact, the website was discontinued before I got that and and i in other words i never got that functionality it just wasn't it wasn't a thing that we could do we could not upload webp images because the developer time just never came up to make that uh, to make that possible now there is a webp module so in theory you should be able to import that and 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 that should support webp like it shouldn't be that big of a deal and and maybe the the four year lag time was exclusively specific to the 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 instance that I was that I was on I I haven't installed Drupal and then installed that webp module just to see whether that would work um it could have been just a, a question of you know well in order to support a new format we have to go through the security team and then once they we get sign off from them that that'll be good and then we have to go through the legal team get sign off from them and so on it could have been just a bunch of red tape that drupal having that capability or not wouldn't you know didn't matter like it's just the the, the problem was that that you know external of of Drupal. So that could have very well been the problem. Um but the 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 user experience was hey, I want webp functionality, when can I get that? 4 years later you still don't have it whereas on WordPress at least it's self-managed WordPress. I mean, not self-managed, but I know the guy running the site. So basically self-managed WordPress, uh I want webp support and well actually it was already there but if i'd wanted it it would have been a matter of installing that plugin so there that's not a fair comparison but i think that the the experience is it's indicative of something and that is that drupal it is it is much less Concerned from, in my experience, the modules are much less concerned with sort of, I'm going to provide you with the experience versus I'm going to provide you with the capability. The capability means that it's technically true. There might not be a field for it yet. There might not be you know once you use that module once you've installed the module you technically have the capability you just now need someone to develop how that's going to translate for users whereas with wordpress in my experience it's been user focused like you want something installed you install it and and not only do you get the the capability you get what that translates to on your website now again i'm i'm being a little bit hyperbolic. I'm, I'm, I'm making a lot of general statements here about Drupal, and I do believe that it's true. I do believe that what I'm saying is true about Drupal. I think that the, the, the focus in Drupal is on enabling developers to create a, a website, almost to the degree that Drupal is more akin to uh, Django or um, Flask something like that, uh, than it is to WordPress. And th- again, s- that's such a wrong statement because it's Drupal is obvious. I mean, you install it, you have a blog. It's ready to go. Like, it's not Django. It's not Flask. But I'm just saying, it it's a framework. Drupal is a framework. And I don't even know that the people at Drupal would necessarily argue with that. I think they might argue, well, WordPress is also a framework, which would be a fair argument. But I, I, I in my mind, Drupal is more a framework than a site that's, you know, than a, than a site, uh, than a site builder even. It's it's a framework. Same, same words, right? Framework, site builder. Like, what's the difference? Well, the difference is who would know what that means. Developers would know what a framework means. Users wouldn't know what that means. Users would know, oh, it's a site builder. Cool. I can go there to build my site. Um, so Drupal is uh, a framework, I think, in my mind. Now, having said that, yes, I am being hyperbolic. You can, for instance, go to uh, the the modules in Drupal. You can find the podcast module, mo- uh, yeah, module, and you can set that up uh, to to be a a to, to create a podcast RSS feed that associates the the, the thing that you upload with your with a, with a you know with a to your node, to that specific node, the the article or the blog post can serve media, that sort of thing. So it it's possible to have like uh prete porte ready to ready to wear sort of modules in drupal i'm not saying it doesn't exist i'm just saying that that i think it exists more often in wordpress than it does in drupal happy to be proved wrong but in my experience drupal just doesn't focus on on that it focuses on the tools that someone will need to build a certain thing. I think I've probably belabored that point enough by now. Um, I do feel bad. I I feel like I'm misrepresenting everyone. This is a horrible topic, but I don't know why I chose it. Um, But, I mean, I think it's, it's fascinating, too, because, like I say... I'm not actually trying to, I'm not trying to to put a schism between Drupal and WordPress or to compare one or the other as if the one is bad, one is good. Because WordPress, as I've said, it's got a bunch of uh, plugins that are, are basically ready to go. You install it and suddenly your site is different. It has all the functionality that you think that you want. And now, so you sit down and you just, and you think to yourself, oh, this is perfect. This is everything I ever wanted. Oh, except that one one thing, that one little adjustment that I would want to make, just to make it perfect for myself. You know, it doesn't, it's not a have to I don't have to do it but it would be nice so you go into WordPress you go into the options uh, the option that you want doesn't seem to be listed as something that you can customize so oh, that's weird okay well maybe you're in the wrong place you go out to WordPress a little bit further out and you go into the the general site settings maybe it's in there no no you don't have access to that either hmm that's strange okay well how would I change that one little element my maybe there's a plugin that can change that element introduced by a plugin uh, and maybe Maybe there is, who knows, um or maybe there is, but it doesn't recognize that plugin's element that you want to change. Or it does, but it recognizes it as a secondary thing. A really basic example of this, for instance, would be a footer. Uh, a website footer. The thing at the foot of the page. The thing at the bottom of the page. You want to edit that in WordPress? Well, you better make sure that you've chosen a theme that gives you access to its footer. Because not all of them do. That seems weird. Some of them do if you pay. If either The theme is free, but to edit the footer, uh, you have to pay extra for that feature. That seems odd, but... That's that's a business model, um, and it's fair, you know. Like, if you don't pay, then you're going to have, for instance, a theme designed by, you know, random person at random company in your footer, whether you want it or not. Now, maybe you want that, but you also want to add a Creative Commons icon so people know that the site is, is, all the content on the site is Creative Commons. Well, can't do that. You don't have access to the footer. So it's not that you want to remove something, you just want to add something to it. Well, it can't do that. Now, th- there are footer scripts that you can write so that you can sort of add to the existing footer. So, because there's not, in WordPress, they don't consider footer being a singular entity. You can have many footers. So, you've got the footer that comes with your theme, and then you could add more content to the actual footer. So, basically, the footer is anything before the body tag, but I guess under the the, the footer tag technically. I don't know. The, the HTML, I, I can't picture it in my head, but um, what they refer to as a footer is, yeah, whatever comes with your theme, and then also whatever you add, you you append to the page, which comes after the theme footer. So you can do it, but but now you got two footers, which is fine, except it maybe it doesn't quite mesh. I mean, you can make it visually look the same. You give them both the same background color, and you're fine. It's basically one thing. It, there's maybe a little awkward space, like too much separation that you can't quite squash down because, again, you don't have access to the theme footer. But, I mean, you do have a footer there. So there are workarounds, and that's a, a word you use a lot when you're using WordPress, workarounds. I found a workaround. Oh, I found a workaround. You're to say that a lot with WordPress. You may never really have to say that. No, I wouldn't say never. You will rarely have to say that with Drupal, at least a a well-supported Drupal, because, because someone can design the thing that you want, maybe, if you have someone to do that for you. With WordPress, you will be doing a lot of workarounds. You will find different ways of doing something, either with the site design, or even in your, as you edit a post, you're gonna think, I really just want that picture next to. That picture, or th- this table next to that table, and good luck. Good luck trying to get that to work in in WordPress. Can you do it? Yeah, sure. Eventually, you'll be able to do it. Will you settle for a workaround instead because you're tired of trying to do a simple task for two hours? Yeah, you'll settle for something different, or you'll install a plugin that will make it possible. Either way, though, it's not going to be as direct as you think. It's going to feel like a workaround. Again, that might be fine. Uh. But but it is a thing that will happen because WordPress, the, the plugins that you install with WordPress, typically, they expect you to just be happy with what they provide because that's the point. They, they're providing you everything that you need so you can just get started with the thing that you're actually trying to do, whereas Drupal is providing you many times. Um, a code library that you could use to then develop the thing that you want to use for the thing that you're trying to actually do it's a different different structure different sort of model of of building a thing it's time for coffee you know what i'm drinking go get your own come back finish up the show get into the the other element about this like the the text editors the thing that I'm thinking of I I do kind of want to talk a little bit about well why use either Drupal or WordPress like wouldn't you just what if you just used a git repository and published everything to a a blog like uh, Hugo or Jekyll a, a static site generator well I mean for the record that is exactly my that would be my preferred workflow and I've done this before with multiple users like it it is 100% possible and I think that it it works really really well. I think there's resistance to that idea because it's not familiar. It isn't WordPress. Um but but it's it's actually an entirely possible workflow and I use it actively on a site called mixed signals mixedsignals.ml ml that's Mike Lima. MixedSignals.MikeLima. And is, this is a site that... It's, it's not a tech site. It is a, um, a game hobby site. And, uh, it uses a thing called Grav, which you can take a look at at some point. If you want, getgrav.org. It's an open source static site, uh, you know, flat file CMS. And you install Grav and it uses a bunch of PHP stuff to index the markdown files that you create. And it builds just the HTML pages to to serve that content out to the world. And it, it, it has a bunch of Sort of front end things like a menu structure and um, themes that you can install with little thumbnails, so that you can give the site sort of a a way to you know see all the different blog posts that have been posted and so on. So I use Grav to build mixedsignals.ml, and I have historically had more than one person posting to that to that site. Nowadays, it is actually just me, but but I've had other people posting, and it worked fine. It was, it was fine. If people would basically just, they would use their own local Git repository, and when they were happy with the article that they've created, they would push their main branch to the website, to the, the, the server hosting this, this Git grave instance. It would do a fast-forward merge, so that their content that they've just created gets integrated into the main branch. And then a git hook on the server takes whatever just got committed and copies it over to another repository a uh, a what is it a a blank repository what what, what, a bear a bear repository there on the same server and or sorry that's the bear repository so then it would copy that to a to a quote-unquote local git repository there on the server with all the markdown files and grav would is is monitoring that site that that repository as its source and it it rebuilds the site or does whatever it needs to do to get that the new content listed on the main page it works perfectly now with lots of lots and lots of other contributors you run into the problem of well who's merging into that main main branch that bare repository on the server who gets to merge into the main branch and how how exactly do you do that without clobbering other people's work and so on and so there you do you, you you don't you know you have to have an editorial team essentially that says okay I've got permission to push something to approve it and to push it to the main branch. And if anything breaks, then it's on me to, to, to fix it. Um, I don't think that much would break, but you never know because someone might be doing a revision of an article and and then how does that get handled? Or someone, you know, you might have to remove an article. Like there are lots of things that could happen that could really start to get confusing within Git. And there's going to be cherry-picking commits, and there are going to be, or cherry-picked uh, merges, and there are going to be... um conflicts that you would have to you'd have to feel comfortable about resolving conflicts in a merge request or a emerge action. So it does get a little bit complex. And once you start getting into that that sort of complexity, then you start to realize, well, there's specialized There's something specialized happening here, and today and for the next foreseeable year, we have one or two or three people who feel confident in their ability to use Git and to resolve those merge conflicts when they come up and to just kind of manage uh, any kind of Git rebasing or, or whatever you have to do to make that main branch remain sort of pure as it were but what happens when those people go away who's left are we gonna have someone who's that comfortable with git for the rest of the website's life and i think that's the main fear when you talk to someone about well let's just do this as a flat file a cms i think the whether they know it or not that's the fear like you you might not even know enough about git to know that those are your fears but you know you you're you know that something's wrong And I think that's what it is. It's the, well, who's going to curate the main branch of the, of the, the centralized git repository git is decentralized of course but in a way you're saying that the the authoritative git repository is that bare repository on the server with the git hooks to copy things over to the local copy of it so that that can be served up essentially as your web root i mean it's not technically but i mean that's 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 the place where all that's where grav is getting all of the content for so it it needs to be impeccable and grav isn't a perfect tool by any means I'm'm I'm actually kind of thinking of moving away from it because it, it's got some weird things that they do that I just can't get them to stray away from uh, and and it kind of drives me crazy sometimes it really does I, I I'll you know if I get something wrong in the yaml markup at the head of an article it, it'll break and it'll expose the home directory of the home directory path of my entire install is that a great idea no not really that's not something that I really want to broadcast and I cannot get the Grav um, authors to agree that that kind of error message is dangerous. Not not useful, but also dangerous. So there are some quirks to gra- grab that I have kind of been thinking about migrating away from, but at the same time, it's just me right now writing just random blog posts about my, my real-life hobbies, so I don't really, I'm not too bothered about it. But I think a Git infrastructure is possible, but it's not what you think it is, maybe. It, you know, unless you have real experience with, with managing Git, Git with lots of commits happening, it it can be problematic. Because I think in your head, you just think, well, that's fine. It'll be easy. I'll just have people make a clone of the Git repository, and then they'll make their changes, and then they'll just commit it upstream. They'll just do a merge request and we'll just merge their changes and that'll be that. Well, sure, but that becomes a really a lot more complex when you have five people trying to merge into the main branch or you have five people trying to merge new content and three people trying to revise content and one person trying to delete a a fake article that they shouldn't have committed in the first place or whatever or or you have someone breaking a build or you have someone you know, you have five requests to merge and now you have to sort out through sort through all of the the different conflicts you know it's just it becomes a lot bigger of a deal than you think it it seems like it should be you you'll run tests on your own and it's it's easy it's fine it works you maybe you'll even run tests with like two people again fine perfect no it just so happens that during all your tests there aren't any conflicts and everything goes Beautifully. Then you open it up to a bunch of people, and things start to get pretty complex pretty quickly. So, for that reason, I think we ended up the sysadminsignal.com site ended up on WordPress because WordPress is just so easy to install and it is just so ready for use immediately i mean you install wordpress and you're you're off you're you're, you're going you're off and running you can make users really simply you can give different roles to users everything just it, it just unfolds so perfectly so perfectly throughout everything's just ready to go like it's just so easy i can't i can't describe how easy it is i i think in a way i'd forgotten how easy it was because of the 4 years on Drupal that I'd spent and I just kind of thought well WordPress is just the other option right and 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 there's still going to be a lot of setup and I mean it, it, there was there was setup but it was just so so immediate so so quickly it just from 0 to a site in 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 no time it, it's amazing uh and the interface is pretty intuitive I mean It look, it's an interface. People need to learn it. People have to click around, get familiar with what all the different options are, where different functions are actually located, and so on. But on a day-to-day basis, most people using WordPress, on a day-to-day basis, they're writing content. That's what WordPress is. It is a blogging platform. And and like I say, unlike Drupal, which is a, a, a web development framework, practically, WordPress is not that. It is a it is a website builder. It is a blogging platform specifically. Yes, you can abuse it to be other, to do things that are not just blogging. You can do podcasting. You can do sort of a social media type thing or a social networking, whatever it's called. Uh, you can do you can do lots of different things with it. But at its core, it, it really wants to be a blogging website. Or if we really sort of look at blogging broadly, then we could just say it wants to be a content delivery platform. And that's what it does really really well. Now conveniently, a lot of the internet it wants to be a content delivery platform. Like that's what most of the internet is. It's a bunch of content on the internet. <laughs> on the www that you want to go to, you want to go to the World Wide Web. You want to read about a thing. Maybe you want other things. Maybe you want podcasts, video. I don't know, whatever. But that that's all basically within. I mean, you know, if you look at it broadly enough, that's all just blogging essentially. So WordPress is really well suited for the internet, for the World Wide Web. Um, and and that's what it does. That's what it gears itself towards. And the core of the the content creation experience is that screen where you go in WordPress and you click posts new post and you're creating a new post and now there are differences between posts and pages in WordPress pages are kind of like the the global web pages of your site they're the ones that are kind of there they don't get updated they're not integrated into your RSS feed for instance so if someone subscribes to your site they're not going to get the about page or the um i don't know press kit page you know that, that those are those are pages posts are the things that you want to send out regularly these are the new things that happen on a daily or a weekly basis on your website there's new posts all the time pages you created once way back when you installed the site and you forget about them so posts I mean, they, they, they manifest as web pages, but they don't, they're not called pages in in the WordPress interface. They're, they're posts. So you go to create a new post and now you're typing in stuff. You, you need to type in the headline. You need to type in a paragraph, things like that. You want to add an image, a table, uh, a code block for, to, to demonstrate how to do something in code, whatever it is. That's the, the, the most of your experience, most of your time in WordPress is spent doing that. And, in it's, it's, Quite, quite an interesting experience in WordPress. It is different than what you're used to. I can just say that sort of as a blanket statement. It is not what you expect. Because if you go to, I don't know, linuxquestions.org and you make a post there, then you're presented with probably CK editor, a little open source uh, it it might not be. It might be Tiny MCE or whatever, but but I, I'm maybe it's CK Editor or something like that. It it's a text field, a big text field where you type in text, and there's some rudimentary formatting options, or you can use select HTML tags, and it'll figure it out, or or maybe you'll it'll have special tags uh, in square brackets instead of angle brackets, and and that'll get translated eventually into HTML, whatever. Um, in in Drupal, it's not like that. Drupal has no sorry. WordPress. WordPress is not like that. WordPress has defined blocks. It sees everything. All your content is a block. And when you enter a heading, then that whole sort of row, if you will, of your page is a heading now. And I mean, that's how HTML works, by the way. I mean, that's, that's a normal thing. It's just you're not probably used to it in a visual editor. So now you've got a heading, and your next line will be a paragraph, probably. And so you'll type in some text there, and it detects that you're just typing in a paragraph, no problem. The next thing is going to be maybe a subheading. So instead of an H1, it's now going to be an H2. It'll be a little section, a new section of your of your post. And so you set that to H2. And so again, across the entire page, now that counts as an H2, which again, That's normal. That's how HTML works. These are block-level elements. You want to add an image... Great. You select, you click the little button to define what block you're doing. You select image and now you can open up an image either from your media library that you've uploaded an image to or from a URL on the internet or if you haven't uploaded your image yet you can upload it first and then select it from the media library. You can give it alt tags and things like that. It, it's all It's all there um, and it's all block level. Word, WordPress essentially encourages you to write everything as a stack if you think of like the game jenga or tetris and then imagine each piece actually jenga is a better example e- each piece is is a paragraph or an h2 or an h1 way up at the top or an h3 or an image they go all the way across the page but they don't sort of intermingle they they there's they don't go side by side you don't you don't do an image with a fancy text wrap around the image you do text and then a big old image and then more text and then a big old image and then a big old subheading and and so on and the advantage to that design to that that theory is that no matter what kind of device you're viewing the thing on whether it's a mobile device or a desktop or a desktop in firefox's um whatever it is, reader mode, toggle reader view, a great view. I love that that view in Firefox. Uh, whatever you're looking at it on, it all just flows because it was all structured as a stack of elements. And it doesn't matter how long that element is on a certain screen, you're going to be in that element until you reach the end of the element and then there's going to be the next element. And that way you don't get weird things like one letter per line as an image next to it that was supposed to have an image wrap around it um, battles the text for space on a tiny, tiny screen. Or you don't get all this huge image that you have to sort of scroll to the right in order to find the text that's wrapping around it on the right hand side or whatever the problem might be. So WordPress's text editor is very strict, clunky, um, draconian. Uh, Like people, some people hate this editor because they think that it doesn't give them the flexibility that they want to have. And this is one of those times where really generally the correct response is that's because you're not supposed to have that flexibility. And that's a painful thing to say to anybody because everybody wants flexibility. They have in their head possibly exactly what they want, what what makes sense to them. Well, I want a thumbnail image of the actor in my favorite TV show, and then I want to have a paragraph about that actor and why I like them over on the right-hand side. And then on the next line, I want to have a thumbnail image and a paragraph. Like, why can't I do that easily? Is there a plugin for that? Well, probably, and there's probably a way to do that in WordPress as well. Um, I wouldn't want to resort to tables, but that does come immediately to mind but i think there's a column block style so you can do it it's just you know like that kind of flexibility is dangerous because it's like well yes i see the logic there I see how that layout makes sense on your specific screen as you're reading it in a very specific way. Yes, absolutely, 100% that makes sense. Heck, go to wordpress.org slash plugins and you'll see exactly that layout, right? You'll see the icon of the plugin and a description of the plugin on the right. Icon of the plugin, description on the right. Like... Obviously, we're, we're used to that sort of layout, and yet, in real-life implementation, with people looking at things on, on who knows what kind of device, that kind of layout is suboptimal. Look at the plugin page on a mobile view, and it's not as good as on the desktop view. It's not the worst. It's, it's actually pretty pretty good. But, I mean, you know, it, the flexibility can be dangerous if you're targeting as many people as you possibly can target that you want to have convenient viewership of of your content and so WordPress tries to remove a lot of that is Drupal any better well technically maybe arguably not really so Drupal uses the CK editor it 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 does use the CK editor and CK edit is fine I guess it's weird um CK editor is a big text field and it I think it usually defaults to a WYSIWYG setup so what you see in CK editor is what you'll see once you publish the page, once it is then rendered into HTML. And it gives you a lot of selections for different, you know, HTML elements that you want to use, the bold and the maybe a mono font for code and, and so on. But if you if you're an HTML person, then then you might switch views in your CK Editor over to the HTML view. Now, here's where it gets weird. What CK Editor does dynamically, as you click, when you click view source, it takes everything in the WYSIWYG and converts it to HTML. You write your HTML, and then when you click, you know, no longer view source, you want to get back to the WYSIWYG, it takes your HTML and converts it into the WYSIWYG view. I'm saying converts, like, I mean like transforms. It transforms it. So if in WYSIWYG, for instance, you have ampersand amp semicolon, then when you convert, when you transform that to HTML, then it'll keep ampersand amp semicolon. Perfect. That's great. Now you transform that HTML back to what you see is what you get, and it picks up that ampersand amp semicolon and transforms it from HTML to text, which of course renders the literal just the ampersand sign, and and that'll go for anything. You know, it'll go for for um, ampersand hash ninety one semicolon and ampersand hash 93 semicolon, which, of course, square bracket, square bracket. It gets really weird when you do something like an angle bracket, though. So if you do, like, an ampersand LT semicolon, which is the less than se- symbol, and I know that I'm, I'm swapping between ASCII, I mean, HTML entities and XML entities, um, but some are easier for me to remember as one, and others are easier for me to remember as the other. So you've got ampersand lt semicolon, that's the less than symbol, angle bracket, and ampersand gt uh, semicolon, that's the greater than symbol. So now if you've got those entered, especially, for instance, if you're writing a blog post about HTML then you would want to preserve the sort of sanctity of your HTML element because things can get confusing if if you don't and and indeed they do so I've I've more times than I can count in Drupal I have had code blocks and things like that with with angle brackets in them and through the transformation of what you see is what you get and the source code editor you get all kinds of weird things where suddenly it starts interpreting your example html code as valid html to be transformed from 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 one thing to another and so you start getting html renders of the stuff that you meant to describe to people and and things get really really messed up in some really really bad ways because once the html becomes integrated into the the post's html source code then things start to break at weird places and you can't figure out where the problem started uh, and and generally the the solution has been to just delete everything and repaste it in from your text editor as source code and then hope for the best um so it can it can get really really pretty bad in Drupal in specifically CK editor now they have other editor modules you can install into Drupal again this is a, a framework right so you can build out a new backend for your users. Um, But the default experience is based around CK Editor, and it is not the best experience if you're the kind of person who wants to go in and meddle with the HTML source code to get exactly what you want, which would be, in the context of this conversation, that would be the advantage of Drupal. Well, you can switch over to source view mode and change things, whereas in, in WordPress, you can't do that. There's probably a module for it, in, in, or a plugin in WordPress for it, but by default you can't do that. You get this text editor that shows you exactly what it thinks you you want. It, it forces you to stay within that block element framework, and, and that's that. Whereas Drupal, yes, you have the flexibility, but now with that added power become, comes this added responsibility of, hey... You'd better try to trick Drupal or CK editor into not munging your HTML entities or your XML entities when you switch back over to your source code view or from your source code view to your WYSIWYG view. And it becomes a whole new problem. Half a dozen of one, six of the other. I mean, really, like never, never was there a better example of of, of exactly, you know, you've got the flexibility, but it's gonna break more often than not. You don't have the flexibility. You're going to have to find workarounds more often than not, let's say. Like, you're just going to have to settle for something. I, I really, really prefer the WordPress method in this context. Normally, I, I, I would, you know, normally, no, absolutely not. I don't want to find workarounds. I want to, I want to adjust the exact thing that I want to adjust, and I want to have that be the new source of truth. The, the problem, I think, for me with Drupal is that that's not what happens. You can adjust what you want, but then something else is going to come back and adjust it again for you. Whether you want it to or not, and it's sometimes impossible, seemingly, to tell it to leave that thing alone. So WordPress is the winner uh, in in pretty much every 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 aspect for me, WordPress, it's WordPress, hundred percent WordPress. Like if I ever use Drupal again, personally, it'll be too soon. Like it's just Drupal is is not what I'm looking for. In a, in a website builder, were I a PHP developer, maybe I would feel differently about Drupal. Maybe that would be exactly what I wanted because it's giving me all the tools to make it possible for me to make the, the right site. Like the site, the, the way that it's supposed to work. WordPress knows how it wants to work, and it and that's how it works. The plugins that it provides you adds just onto that model. It doesn't... It, it rarely betrays that model. It's all sort of the same idea. Like, here's a thing that I've designed. You can install it on your website if you'd like. I'll give you some access to some things if you're a programmer or you want to get in there and change things around. But generally speaking, this is the box. You can just layer it into your Jenga tower and and, and start using it. You start fiddling around with it, though the tower is going to probably fall down. Like I say, normally in like real life, in my computing life, I'm a hundred percent in this in this comparison. I'm I'm Drupal. I'm the one who wants to fiddle with things. But in the context of I'm here on this website because I want to write content and publish it. One hundred percent WordPress. It just makes everything so easy. It's really really beautiful. <laughs> like really really nice. Um, I was I was shocked by how Easy WordPress was making, making, had 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 made ma- the process of making a website easy and pleasant. WordPress just absolutely amazing and frankly even the things that you want to change in in wordpress like i don't find them that difficult you know if you're not afraid to get into the php side of things there's a right way and a wrong way you need to go into your theme make a child theme which i've done before it's not that hard i mean it's new it's different you have to learn it you have to you know you have to kind of keep things straight but it it isn't hard you can do a, a child theme and then um develop on top of that your new feature make your changes whatever it's it's not that difficult again it might not be enough for a a dyed-in-the-wool php developer who wants to just they have very specific goals in mind but for i think most people most users wordpress is exactly what they're looking for when they say i want to have something on on the internet so in terms of broader experience i think that this is an interesting study because you have three options Git, Drupal, and WordPress, and that's basically the level of of difficulty. Git is a very specific set of of skills and uh, a knowledge set. Drupal, same thing, but maybe maybe less specific because I feel like there are probably more PHP developers than there are people who really understand how Git works. And then WordPress, completely opposite end of the spectrum, in in you know in a way where it's it's really user focused, and the payoffs are exactly what what the cliche. Would Would say they were, you know, like with WordPress, you get this great open source platform uh, that happens to not be very flexible in many ways. Whereas with Drupal, you get a great open source platform that is very, very flexible. One's not right and one's not wrong. It's just a question of the, the end product how hard do you want to work for that end product and how important is it that the end product reflects exactly what you had envisioned in your head versus what you're happy to settle for and i mean that that sounds that makes wordpress sound really bad right oh you have to settle for it but but again in reality it's just it's kind of it, it's kind of a beautiful thing and i guess in a weird way a good analogy for this would be kde and gnome and again, this is a horrible analogy. Apologies to everyone for making it, but I mean, it it does kind of work. Like if we think of KDE as as Drupal, or maybe we could go farther out than KDE. Maybe we could go to like i3, i3 or Awesome or Fluxbox or whatever, you know, like some or maybe more like open box where where there's a lot of configuration that you have to do. That uh, they're giving you the tools and maybe a very bare bone sort of implementation, but for you to get it to be what you want, then you have to write the code. You have to write the configuration files. Whereas GNOME, for instance, it's almost painful to customize GNOME. I don't know if you've tried GNOME lately. If you're a Slackware user, you, you may not have, but I, I run GNOME on my work laptop, and I mean, there are there are lots of plugins like little, they're, sh- they're GNOME shell plugins and, and they've got a great system for implementing them. You can go to the website for GNOME shell plugins and look through them and you just click a little switch on the, you know, on the internet and it, it, it installs that plugin on your desktop and it detects that next time you go to that site that you have that installed. There's an integration thing. It's really, it's really impressive. It's, it's great. It's really neat. And the plugins are horrible. I mean, they're great. They're great. They're dangerous. Like, some of them don't work as advertised, some of them are no longer maintained, but they do exactly what you want them to do, but G- GNOME has changed too much, and so it, when you least expect it, it doesn't work, or or doesn't work at all from the get-go, or or this one plugin has everything that you want except that one feature, and then there's this other plugin that has that one feature plus a bunch of other stuff that you don't want. It's just horrible. It's a horrible experience. Running gnome out of the box is a better experience just so you can avoid installing the the shell plugins i'm being a little bit hyperbolic i i do i am running um like a clipboard manager for gnome uh, but my partner is running a gnome thing to provide desktop icons and it it doesn't do really what she wants i mean like plug it into an external monitor and the icons like change around or go to the wrong monitor or something like that. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's painful. It is really actually a little bit painful to try to get GNOME to bend to your will. And so you end up settling for just GNOME, like whatever they give you. Maybe you can install GNOME tweaks. That'll get you like some options, some more options, but that are relatively safe. But, but that's really as far as you you should dare go. But the flip side of that is that you get gnome. And it's a beautiful desktop. It's really nice. Like it's beautiful. It's smooth. It does lots of cool things. It's it's great. It's nice. It's fine. It's a beautiful desktop. If I show that to people, they they are impressed. People like Linux because of GNOME. If I show people my weird setup for KDE, and certainly if I were to show them Fluxbox or or something, then then they're not going to like Linux. Suddenly it's it's just not it's not interesting. It's it's a computer like they kind of like what they have at work, or it's a computer that so far beyond anything that they could ever recognize as a computer that they're just not even interested. I think one could expect similar reactions if someone, if if you were to show someone your git grav and git and git custom git hook based publishing workflow, they would look at that and they would just think, well that's not that isn't a blog. That's not a front end for a blog. I see that the end result looks like a blogging website, but that's that's not a blog site. Like, where's the admin panel? Well, oh, it's right here in these configuration files. It's just ridiculous. Like, they're not gonna. That's not a blogging website for people. Drupal, they they might recognize as a big official sort of blogging interface, but it'll be painful to use. WordPress will be great to use, but not super flexible. It's a spectrum. It, it's what it's what you want. Um, personally, for. for for whatever bizarre reason i am solidly in the git and the wordpress camps and i'll skip over the drupal side maybe because i'm not a php developer or maybe it's because drupal you know when they give you the flexibility they also take it away from you because of that really really weird ck editor behavior that it could boil down to that for all i know but but for now at least yeah it's either git and git hooks and of flat file cms or wordpress the opposite end of the spectrum drupal i'll i'll personally skip but those are the use cases those that that's those are the use cases for blogging front ends get drupal wordpress it's been my experience it's been four years of experience with this wordpress a lot longer i mean I've, i've used wordpress off and on for ages but um certainly yeah drupal and wordpress fascinating comparisons fascinating projects Open source, I think they're doing great. And now, hopefully, this has given you some context in in case you're trying to decide between the two or if you're ever presented with the opportunity to choose one or the other they're not equal they're not the same they're different they're very very different and hey if you're interested in reading about systems administration or writing about systems administration check out system no sysadminsignal.com it is a blogging website um i don't know that we have a workflow yet for actually submitting articles no that there is what am i talking about there totally is uh community join join no this None of this is what I'm looking for. Anyway, there is a a um, there is a method to submit articles to this website, and it is to email sysadmin.org. Signal at gmail.com. Needless to say, I'm not in charge of that email address, nor am I in charge of the fact that they communicate via Discord, a closed source chat application that uh, certainly maybe would have been better as a Matrix instance. But anyway, I'm just writing for the site. If you want to write for them or read about the articles that we write, then go to sysadminsignal.com. It's a community website with zero support from any external entity we are going to just write about whatever we want about systems administration of all kinds check it out thanks for listening i'll talk to you next time